Hello and welcome back to Top Dogs. Today we're going to be revisiting grief, loss, and mourning. We encourage you to watch, but also understand that this episode may be too difficult for you. If that's the case, please take care of yourselves as we begin our journey forward. I am Stream Arkadet. I am Sakura. I'm Dune the Fox. I am Revenge. I'm Kit Clausen. Okay, so, as I understand it, it has been almost a year since we first visited this topic. So for our newer listeners out there, why don't we talk about first why this topic is so personal to us? I'll go first. So, a year ago, February 4th, actually, was one year ago when my husband passed away. Uh, he had pancreatic cancer, and it was it was a really quick process. But he said he didn't suffer the entire time, so I'm I'm thankful for that. But the very next day, you know, Fiction asked if I wanted to be on the podcast, and I wasn't even a team member yet. So I was I was amazed, and and so I was very thankful for the support that I got from all of you here on the podcast. And that's it's actually what pushed me into joining the team. So for me, when it comes to, you know, grief and loss, I mean, in my time, I have had, you know, a number of losses. I have buried five grandparents and two best friends in my time. Um, so I, do not have any more grandparents in my life. And actually both of the friends that I lost were right before graduation in high school, believe it or not. One of them died to overdosing and the other one died in a car accident. That was really, really gnarly. So, you know, a topic like this hits really, really deep for me. I mean, this was years ago. It was not within the last year, but even to like, God damn it, even thinking about it right now. <laughs> thinking about it, just it really hurts. You know, thinking about the people who are no longer in my life. Well, for for this one specifically, um, this was the first time that I was on the podcast because Fiction also asked me if I wanted to do this one, this one specifically because my father passed away on the 26th of December. He was supposed to pass on the 20th, but he stayed just for a little bit longer, so that way I was able to see him. And um, he passed on the 26th. So it was approached to me by fiction if I wanted to do this episode's or you know, the loss and the grieving and everything like that to help send a message. And it was very touching to know that you know, this episode has the ability to be aired out and allow us to share our story. So this is, this is a really, really touching episode. Um, and with today, the 18th, being my father's birthday, he would have been 60 years old. Oh. Damn, that's still very young. It's, uh, it's... It is what it is. Trying not to get these sponges wet. 
I'm trying to get these sponges wet. Okay, we're good. But what what about you, stream? So me, morning is something that is really something important to me. Uh, it's something that I believe is worth discussing because we all deal with it in a different matter in our own personal ways. And I think talking about it is the best way to kind of recover from that. Doing an episode about something like this is I'm pretty sure that it's going to touch a lot of people. So I think telling our stories, how we dealt with it, what we, we've been through, I think is a, is a good thing to do. Um, I have lost a few people in my life, not much, but I lost my my German Shepherd puppy Thunder when he was seven months old. I lost him to, due to kidney failure. But also, my father passed away when I was two years old. Um, he decided to end his own life, um, and my mother didn't expect it at all. Like it was, it was very sudden. Luckily, I had somebody take over when I was six months later, so I didn't really feel like that loss in my life. I've never really felt it, but it's still. I think it's. It's a very good subject to get, you know, down to earth and talk about it. Hopefully we can inspire people out there and maybe help them out, you know. So this is kind of why it's really important for me. Yeah, those are really, really good points. I think another thing that's kind of interesting to think about is um, I think a lot of people, especially avid YouTube consumers like myself, <laughs> are really, you know, when you go and watch furry content, it's usually very kind of lighthearted and goofy and silly, and it's meant to kind of be that escape for people on the internet, you know? So being able to reach people in this kind of format and talk about something that touches that much more on reality, you know, it can be really powerful. So I'm, this is such an awesome conversation to have on the internet of all places, you know? Yeah. All right. So, um, within the last couple of years, if any of you are willing, just go ahead and share any losses that you've had come up and how you've already shared some of those now, but if you have any others, you can share those too. And then just kind of go into how the loss affected you physically and mentally. You know, where, what was your headspace? How were you feeling? Um, you know, things like that. I'll start it off. So, like I mentioned earlier, uh, my most recent loss I had was my German Shepherd puppy, Thunder. Um, he was seven months old. He was actually six months old when we found out that he, his kidneys were failing. And it was explaining a lot of stuff, but it was something that is really difficult. It hit me like a goddamn truck because I didn't expect that. Like, I know dogs, they don't live as long as we do, but I sure not expected that to happen. And, you know, my husband and I, we've been kind of trying to have, a you know, children of our own, and it's not going well so far. The first attempt has failed. We have to start over from scratch. We lost $80,000. And then within that same year, I get the announcement that my dog is going to die. So... It hit us like a truck. It, it hit us really freaking hard. And, you know, I kind of see my dog like my child. So it was really difficult for me to deal with this. I had an emotional breakdown and, you know, having to put him down was the hardest thing I've ever done in my goddamn life. It's the worst thing and I'm already, I'm just thinking about Jet right now, which is the one we have currently. The, the owner, the breeder gave us another dog, you know, since he had health issues. And it's actually his stepbrother, so it's kind of cute. <laughs> so they're really alike. But having to go through that process, we had the vet come over. 
we were doing this in the living room, so Thunder was really calm. It was, and we were there the whole time. We were petting him and doing like the injection was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, sponges, you're talking about it. So we had to go through the process because he was just not doing well, you know. So before. Oh my god, there was so much that happened. I was changing job two at the same day, so I had to bring my work truck to my previous work, head back home on the bus, and then it was the euthanization for my dog on the same day. So we actually went for a walk outside to him have a good time. We went to my husband's restaurant. We had a little last little drink with him, you know, just kind of celebrate the last one. And then it was the whole procedure inside our living room, and the vet came and. Even the vet got emotional about the whole procedure. And I was there the whole time, and I felt his heart stop. It was like the hardest thing fucking... It was the hardest thing ever, and I... God, I hate this. <laughs> so I felt his heart stop, and I just... I lost it. I completely lost this. And it's the worst feeling ever. I was there the whole process. I put him inside the bag. I carried him. I put it on the truck for the, you know, the vet. And even the vet got emotional. Everybody got emotional. It was, it was terrible. But at least now he's in dog heaven. <laughs> Hopefully he's watching over us and his little brother. But um, uh, I don't know what to talk about. I'm just rambling. <laughs> Sorry, it's just it's difficult. But it's okay. Yeah. That was the, the that was abs I like it's been a year now, a year and a half, and I still cry ever so often about him just thinking about this. It feels like it's a nightmare. Like there's no way this could happen, yet it did. And I probably gonna, never going to recover from this. I just have to accept it and move on and keep going forward, you know. So we'll go from there. <laughs> what about you, kid? I I am glad my husband did not pass away in the home. I I actually stayed out of work for three months taking care of him once he could no longer care for himself. Um, but the the last twelve days that he was with us, he I had to check him into a nursing home because it it got to the point where I just couldn't care for him by myself anymore. There's a couple of funny stories about that too, <laughs> but uh, we—I was able to get him into a nursing home where one of his good friends actually was the administrator at this nursing home. She made sure that he had a private room directly across the hall from her office, so I knew whether I was there or not, he was going to be well taken care of. So I'm—I'm I'm really thankful to her for that. So I. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to gather myself here for a minute. <clears throat> for me, I think, you know, of of the ones that I lost, I, I think the hardest one was a really close friend of mine. His name was Sam. And he was somebody that I had known since the second grade. You know, just a nerdy kid like me was picked on every once in a while, but God bless that kid had a heart of gold. And... We became friends, and we would have sleepovers. We would have birthday parties together. I mean, I literally grew up with him. And, you know, I, I considered him a brother of mine. I really did. We were, we, were, we were really close to each other. And 
Sorry, no, I'm saying and a lot, but I'm <laughs> just trying to gather my thoughts here. It was at the funeral for our other friend Julie that I, I was having a really rough go of it. And I remember looking at him and saying, don't leave me. I I'm losing one friend. I, I don't want to lose you. And he looked at me and he was like, you know, I don't plan on going anywhere. You know, don't worry about it. It was probably, God, three or four months later, I remember getting to school. And there were grief counselors, like, in, like, the the foyer area or in the cafeteria. And I remember thinking to myself, I was like, oh, no, who did we lose this time? And a bunch of my friends bum-rushed me and started hugging me really tightly and saying, we're so sorry. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, Sam's gone. He just got into a really nasty car wreck and they pronounced him dead. I can't explain to you the emptiness that all of a sudden hit me when I heard the news about that. I ended up having to leave school that day. I just, I got in my car and I drove home and my parents hadn't even left for work yet. And they're wondering, why are you home right now? You should be in school. And I gave them the news that Sam had passed away. That, you know, and what had happened. <sighs> I just remember, you know, they, they held me and they said, okay, that's fine. You, you just you sit back, you, you take it easy, you know, just try to take care of yourself. I just, I, I'd lost a brother that day. And, you know, obviously, oh, that was back in 2005 and still to this day. I, I still lose it thinking about him because I, I remember a time even going to visit his mom years after he passed away. You know, she was local in town to where I was living. And... You know, she was outside. I stopped by her house because I wanted to say, hey, you know, it's been a long time. You know, I remember all the good times. And we got into his room where she had kind of left everything. She hadn't even moved any of his stuff. And it hit so hard how empty that room felt to me. And I lost it right there in front of her. I'm like, I, you know, I went in there thinking, okay, I'm going to be strong for her. You know, I'm, I'm here to say hi to her. I, I, I couldn't do it. it, it it's still rough to this day. It, it's super rough. I Go ahead, Revenge. I'm sorry. No, you don't need to apologize. Well, for me, it, it's, like I said before, it's my father. Within that year and a half, he had three heart attacks and four strokes. And the last stroke that he had, he went to a doctor's office in um, Pittsburgh. 
I won't say any names. I won't say the hospital he went to, but he went there for a procedure because he had a doctor's appointment. The doctors didn't like his blood work, so he went to go get tested out and get checked out and everything. The doctor said that he went to PA for this other appointment. It was everything looked good. He looks fine. Nothing has changed, so he's doing pretty good. Okay, so then we thought everything was good with that. And then come to find out that that doctor misdiagnosed. And while my dad was there, he had a mini heart attack, and then she didn't catch it. I feel like that was the start of the downhill for my dad. Because if it was caught, I feel like he would still be here. He might be in the hospital or anything, but he would still be here. Going down a few more months, he was in three, he was in one home. Then he went to hospice for a little bit. He did well. He got taken out and then he got put back into another hospital. And then this is in December of 22. Uh, my mom called me as I was getting ready for work. She said, when can you come down to Pittsburgh? Uh, well, I'm working a lot. Um, I don't know if I'm be able to make it. Um, so if it's for Christmas, I know we talked about it and we can figure some stuff out. Like, no, this one's going to be a little different. This one's about your dad. I don't think he's going to make it to Christmas. Okay, I will figure something out and I will see what I can do. But at the time, it was extremely busy where I worked at. There was a lot of parties and everything going on at the facility I was working at, which was um, Top Golf in um, Washington, D.C. So later on that night, my mom called me again. She says, this is probably going to be like the last few hours. Okay, I'm going to try to get there. But I couldn't get there until the 26th. And my dad still was hanging in there. He got to see my mom, my brother and sister, his family, my niece and nephew, his other friends. He got to see everybody. So in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, I'm going to go there. My dad is gone. And I never got a chance to say goodbye to him. But I got there around 9.30 that morning. My dad couldn't speak. He couldn't move. He wasn't able to do that for quite a few days. And then at 11.50, because my mom was discussing about taking him over to hospice to let him finish it out there. At 11.50, I was holding onto my dad's hands and I whispered in his ear, I said, I'm here. It is okay. You can go. You don't have to suffer anymore. And after I said, you can go, he squeezed my hand. And my dad wasn't able to see. He couldn't open his eyes or anything, but he was able to open up his eyes and he looked at me. And that I know I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, and with that, I knew that that was the that was the 
that was a sign that not only was he fighting for his last breath to make sure that he got to see his last son before he left. That told me right there it was time for him to go. And then at 11.58, I watched him take his last breath. And he left. And that was the hardest thing I could have ever, ever have seen. I mean, I've been in the military for 10 years. I've seen a few of my brothers and sisters, you know, they passed right in front of me. I'm not saying that's, that's not as bad, but this one hit very, very differently. And then to have my mom see the man that she chased after, because that's what she jokes about, is that usually, you know, the guys chase the girls. No, my mom was chasing after my dad to make sure that nobody would claim him. <laughs> so <laughs> she made she made sure of that. She made sure of that. And like she said, she would because my dad worked in the grocery store, uh, a little mom and pop shop. My mom would purposely go into the shop and buy some gum to make sure that he would notice her. That's the running joke that we get from from with her. But um, <laughs> sorry, I had a I had a light mood there a little bit. Um, it's okay. But to see my mom be with the man that she loved for so long, have to make that devastating phone call to my sister and my brother that he passed, and to hear to hear my sister scream like that was something I was not prepared for. And as we're filming this now, today is his birthday and he would have been 60 years old. And it's hard. Because before we went to this filming, I was at his grave site. And it's the hardest thing to see. <laughs> the hardest thing to see. That someone who you didn't have a really good relationship with in the beginning because you came out. And then to rekindle and build the relationship back up. For someone who didn't want to do, have nothing to do with you. But then to say, you know what? I messed up. You're my son. I love you regardless of who you are. To have someone like that and who's not here right now is so difficult. It is so difficult. <laughs> Sorry. Last time you told us that story, you mentioned that there was that very one special song that came on. Oh, yes. I'm glad because you <laughs> did. I did. Um, my dad's favorite singer is Luther Vandross. 
It is his absolute favorite song. And it's funny you said that too. Because literally his favorite, well, any song that Luther sings, it's, it's, he, he loves it. But the one song specifically was, it's called Dance With My Father Again. And that song, it came on 10 minutes before I got to his gravesite today. Came on again, and it was on a, I have Spotify, and I have it playing on random, and I forgot that I had Luther soundtracks on my Spotify, but that played 10 minutes before I got to his gravesite. And that played that day when he passed away, it played again that day on the hospital floor. And it was just, that's how I know whenever a Luther song comes on, that's how I know my dad is in, is in presence. He's here. It, it reassures me that he's no longer suffering. He's no longer in pain. He's no longer unhappy. He is fully healthy. He is up, he, he is up in heaven right now, probably talking to a whole bunch of people, talking about who knows what. Because my dad literally could talk to anybody, and he would be just the conversation to have. Because the spirit that he had was just amazing. Uh. Okay. I'm okay for now. It's a tough one. Not easy. It's really tough. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to kind of understate the obvious here, but this is a deep, profound, very, very impactful experience, you know? So I just want to quickly commend you all for being vulnerable and open in this conversation. This is not easy to talk about at all and thank you you know for sharing your experiences because this is i know that people out there in cyberspace really appreciate you know being able to hear about this and talk about this <laughs> Poor Ballora. Sarko, you're still struggling <laughs> it's, so it's only getting worse <laughs> oh, no. It's okay. Let's keep moving forward. Let's keep going. All right. So we're midway right. through our episode now. Yeah. So while we collect ourselves, let's take a short break here. Yeah. <laughs> We'll get through this, guys. We'll get through this. Absolutely. So uh, we did ask our listeners, um, you know, you guys do the regular question of the week. For this episode, the question that we asked was, um, how do you support someone who has recently experienced loss? And we did get a few responses. Um, the Star Wolf says, it's best to give them as much comfort as you can and empathize with them, helping them through their pain which I completely agree with. 
Justin, the Firewolf Dog, says the way how I support someone that's been dealing with loss is I comfort them and say positive things and apologize for their loss and that they're in a better place. Then I probably offer them something like food or anything in general, which I think is a great point. Also, I have seen people <laughs> doing art of their lost ones, too, which I have done for my fiance before when he lost his pet Yorkie named Lola. That was in October of 2021. Zembos says, I am not really good with words at times when it comes to the loss of a close friend or a family member, so the most I would do is listen to them, offer a tight hug, and remind them to keep the best memories they had with that person or pet in their mind and heart if I can't find the right words to say. And Moomoo says, loss is something that is hard to weigh in on as it's different for everyone. No words can really truly describe the impact someone or something has on your life, and comfort can mean drastically different things for different people. It's something that's hard to gauge, especially when wounds are fresh. I know that when my grandmother had passed, I was devastated. But with the support of a few of my close friends, I found solace in music because that's where I felt closest to my feelings. They encouraged me to pick songs out and make playlists so they could understand me in a way where words could not reach them. In turn, I've encouraged a few of my friends when they're struggling. My friend Lydia recently had her grandfather pass, and I've encouraged her to utilize music as an outlet to help let out her grief and frustration, because sometimes your thoughts are a sound, and it's easier to put so into song than words. These are all really, really fantastic responses. I want to go off the rails a little bit and, again, try to lighten the mood with a, a funny story. So my grandfather actually passed away about a month and a half after my husband did. I, I don't think I talked about this beforehand. Um, so I get a call while my husband is in a nursing home from his friend across the hall. And she goes, I just caught him smoking. I was like, what? <laughs> How? <laughs> How? Smoking in the nursing home. How? I told her, listen, I packed his bags. I didn't pack cigarettes. She goes, well, how did you get him in then? I said, I don't know. I didn't realize I needed to do a cavity search. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> oh, my God. Not a cavity search. Oh, no. Oh, it gets better. So... I call my mom and my grandma, and I'm telling them about this, and they're like, oh, my God, you're kidding me. Your grandpa did the same thing. I'm like, no way. One <laughs> 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 God let them last smoke before I go. Ain't no way. Right. <laughs> Ain't no way. You know, just one good one. One good one. <laughs> you better give me a cigar before I go. I'm going to be mad. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know what? I would probably enjoy that too. <laughs> probably. Absolutely. One cigar. Especially if it's a really good one. Especially if it's a really good one. like cigarettes. Right. If it's a really good cigar too, like a really, really good one, a single package by itself, and it looks very expensive. Yeah. That, that, that's how I'm going out. That, that, that's I'm how I'm in going Canada. Out. I'm in Canada. I have Cuban cigars at home, and they're delicious. <laughs> I know. I want some. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. Awesome. One thing that I was thinking about as you guys were sharing, you know, um, memories of the people we've lost, right? 
So one thing that you had me thinking about um, while you were sharing those memories and stories is um, there are lots of different strategies that we can use to kind of recover and heal and sort of try to move forward in some direction, you know? So um, can you guys go into some detail about uh, your support system or your coping strategies or, you know, what did you do after the fact to try to just make it to that next day? You know, um, Sakura, do you want to start? Yeah. Um, definitely. Number one on that list is friends and, and family. I, I remember the next day, my f parents actually took that following day off of work, both of them, just to be there for me. Um, they took me out. We did a little bit of you know retail therapy. They took me out for you know dinner that night and stuff like that to really try to help me through to get, you know, to that next day. And where I also took, the, you know, that following day off of school, it was when I returned the next day that people who had noticed that I was gone for those couple of days had, you know, and they'd noticed. And they had made it a sorted effort throughout the entire day, whether it was in between classes or like, you know, if we'd shared any classes together, that it was either, you know, like a gentle, you know, their hand on top of mine or like a hug in between classes. Or I even remember receiving, like, you know, a, a couple of, you know, slipped notes here and there from people just being like, you know, hey, you don't have to work. You don't have to worry about it. You're not alone. We're here for you. Oh, come on. Keep it together. Keep it together. You got this. So definitely. I mean, my biggest support system, even to this day, you know, a lot of those people I don't talk to anymore, but, you know, a lot of newer friends that I have, I mean, it's no different. I still have my mother here. She still takes care, really good care of me. I have incredible friends who are always there for me. And so that much has never changed in my life. And, you know, for that, I'm truly blessed. I really am, because if not for friends and family, I, I it's cliche to say, but without them, I don't know where I'd be right now. I really don't, because it's been difficult. It's been very difficult. Um, stream, let's go ahead with you. Uh, me, honestly, I, to me, the best way I deal with this is just talk to people about it and also get myself busy with projects and hobbies. Um, I did a post on Twitter saying that, you know, my dog has passed away, so I'm going to be away for a little bit. I just I put it out there because I just want to let people know that I might be distanced from messaging. And I've realized that we furries, we have a massive support system. If you need help out there, you post it and somebody, at least one person, in theory, there's going to be like 20 or 30 that are going to come up to you. But 
what I, one thing I really love about the furry fandom, as much drama as there is, we still always come around when somebody needs help, you know, and it's really good for that. Now, the way I cope with it was really my husband, because only my husband could really know what was happening, because, you know, he was the other dad. He was the other dead dog, dog dad. That's a lot of Ds. Um, and it was really difficult, but, you know... Having him around was just the support I needed, and I tried to stay busy. You know, I had to record a podcast episode on the same day my dog passed away, and, you know, I really didn't want to go and do that recording. I really didn't feel like it, but I thought, like, you know, I have a responsibility. I signed up for this. I need to do this, and it ended up being a good thing because it put my mind somewhere else, and I stopped thinking about Thunder for a little while, and it was a good break for me. It felt nice. It was good to see you guys, you know, talk and have a discussion, but usually if I'm not able to do that, I'll, I'll work on projects, you know, I'll work on 3D printing, I'll work on 3D models, avatars, or sometimes I'll just go for a flight, you know, go for a little roundabout with my paramotor and take off into the skies and just completely phase out you know it's it's so relaxing you know a lot of people are scared of heights i love it it's addictive to me and i feel like i'm just a bird flying over all these problems because the struggles are down there on earth you know going to work dealing with people and stuff when you're up high in the sky you're alone by yourself by yourself and i just listen to music and i just relax you know so this is what I did, and, you know, I'm never going to fully recover from this because I still struggle. I mean, you clearly struggle with it right now. All of us will still struggle with this. And it's just accepting the fact that it's going to be there probably forever and learning to cope with it. We never recover from something like this. It's terrible, and I don't wish that to even my worst enemy that you get. I I can't really say anything different than what's already been said. You guys <laughs> here on the show have been amazing for me this past year. And I Colton, all of you have have just been fantastic. Um what was it? Two weeks ago now, I actually took my husband's ashes to the beach to spread him in the ocean. Because he liked the beach. And I'm getting ready to move in with the new boyfriend, and he doesn't need to move in with me. <laughs> I thought I should leave him down here where he was born at. And uh, <laughs> yeah. But stream, I was in voice chats with you on the way down there and on the way back, and I I almost backed out. At the last minute, I almost changed my mind, but I, I just had to push myself, and and I left everything out there in the ocean. Just left it all out there. But when I got done, though, and I got back on the voice chats with you and the other guys, I it was like it's like ripping off a band-aid. The band-aid's there for you to heal, but once you've healed, it's time to remove the band-aid and move on. That scar's still going to be there, but it's done. Yeah. I remember telling you that you should treat yourself to some things, some noodles or like some ramen, and you <laughs> you said something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was already on the on the on the plan for that day. <laughs> Called it. Called it. Ramen is life. <laughs> <laughs> so good.
Um, for me, I mean, it, it pretty much it's like you said, it's really all I've said, but um, mainly specifically for me, it was definitely the friends that I had and the friends that I've come to know, um, especially through all of that. Um, and with the process of how that went with dad and everything, I've I talked to quite a few people and everything like that. And, you know, I've been getting advice from a lot of people. But there were some times where it went down a very, very, very dark tunnel. And I literally saw no way out at all. Because I've never been affected like this before like i've had my dad's parents my grandparents they passed and it was it, it was this very sad moment and everything like that and it was something that i was able to you know, process and then eventually it's still in the back of my mind but doesn't have a heavy hitter like my dad so it was it was very hard for me so there was a lot of times where i went into very very dark times and I can say, honestly, like, the people who I've spoken to, like, Fiction, Colton, you know, Sakura, and people from the Top Dogs team and everything like that, it was so great to have. But there were so many people who really talked to me to help me get off of that ledge and not go down there. And I'm very appreciative of them. And to be honest, if it wasn't for you, Kit, or you, Stream, if I'm being honest, I probably would not be here right now. Oh, gosh. At all. I really would not. Because there were times where I didn't even know where to turn to or who to even talk to at all. But you two were always there. And you guys checked on me and make sure I was doing okay and everything like that. So the support system definitely came from friends and family and everything like that. But it really came from the people who I've gotten to know and who really care about me. And I really appreciate everyone here for that. And I really appreciate you, Kit, and you, Stream for oh always God. being there. I feel like I don't do enough. I'm actually surprised because I don't feel like I do enough for my friends, that I'm not there enough. I spread myself so thin that there's so many people I wish I could help out, but I, I feel I can't, so I wasn't sure if I was doing things right. No, you, you definitely was. You definitely well, was. It's, it's always... It's fun to hang out with you, Revenge, you know. How can we not be there for you? Because you're so adorable and you're funny. <laughs> it's fun to hang out with you. <laughs> I'm glad to have you as a friend. <laughs> you're sweet. Hold on. Okay. So if we all can just come to order, because Stream has just told a lie. He said that I was fun and adorable. <laughs> Listen, what? Dude, you're not going to argue with me. You're going to be a good boy and take the compliment. Take the fucking compliment. <laughs> <laughs> I rest, I rest my case. God, I have to I repeat my myself case. over and over. 
<laughs> I rest my case. All right. All right. There you I'm go. good. Good boy. I'm all right. Good boy. <laughs> 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 oh gosh okay sorry i gotta keep putting these things in here because yes it, it, it's a very emotional and very heavy episode but there are just some times where you 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 gotta put something in there just to kind of you know not make it as heavy so sorry just had to do that i think it works Yay. Yeah. <laughs> so but you you say that um that you you know you feel like that you don't do enough for you know the people in your life that you know you wish that you could do more. Believe it or not, and I, I say this with all sincerity because it's helped me through a lot of really rough times. A simple, how are you? can go a long way with people when you can look at somebody and genuinely ask them from your heart how are you and you can give them that moment to either you know say hey i'm doing okay or giving them an outlet to unload you know it, it can be a very powerful thing for a lot of people so to you know to put yourself in a position where you feel like that you have to do more you have to be there for those people you, you've got to you know go out of your way to you know really you know make a super huge impact on their life just saying how are you giving them that opening is extremely powerful and for a lot of people that's all that you need to do it's very true because I, w I wanted to bring that up during the question of the week. Like a lot, of, I used to be like this, like where I have to proactively take care of people and go to them and do stuff. And I did that with my husband when he was going, you know, through the legal processes of putting his morale teacher in jail for things to, you know, I'll, I'll invite, I'll, I won't say the word. No, it's the P word. Uh, he was put in jail. He said he was sentenced, but I was trying so hard to be there for him that I burned myself out trying to help him out. And I realized, and it was creating more problems than anything. So I'm going to speak to the camera now and just say that sometimes you don't have to do anything, just showing up and just being there and open offering an outlet where they can vent is all people need. You're absolutely right. I always feel like I need to do something, but I just got to be there. Like, like you said, just saying, how are you doing? As simple as that, you don't need to do anything else. I, I forget that part sometimes. Yeah. That's probably why I feel like I don't help out enough. It's because I try to be proactive when I don't have to. Exactly. So, Being there for somebody can be very easy. It can be very simple. It doesn't have to be a whole arduous process that you have to stress yourself out over. Just when you say, you know, how are you to somebody, you're letting them know, hey, I'm here for you. I want to know how you are. You know, please let it out. The, just the yep. three simple words, how are you, can have such a significant meaning to people that it can mean more to them than you going out of your way and stressing yourself out to the point of burnout when all you just have to do is just simply be there in that moment for them. 
Exactly. And then to kind of piggyback off of that too, with that, it also pretty much opens the door to that person too, to let them know you are valid. You are someone who I care for. You are someone that is important to me. I am here for you. Literally, just the how are you is literally like the starting point of the validation that you are valid. You are here. You are important. So as you said before, it is something that can go a long way and open the gateway to literally starting like, I'm here for you. What do you need? I can be a shoulder to cry on. You can vent to me. Give you, I can give you advice. Whatever it is, you are valid to me. You have my attention just to make sure you are doing okay. What can I do for you? It's literally, it's literally just like that. And sometimes trying too hard absolutely does the opposite effect. It was like that with my husband. I was trying so hard to cheer him up. It's like I was denying his own emotion. It felt to that to him. I was just trying to help, but it felt to him like I'm not allowed to live my emotions. I'm like, no, you can. It's just I want you to feel better. I'm like, I need to go through this. So what I ended up doing when I didn't know what to do is I would just go check up on him every hour. Like, do you need anything? Do you need water? Do you need something to f- food? Do you need a hug? Like, I would just ask what he needed. If he says nothing, I'm like, okay, then I'm going to go do other things. I need to, you know, responsibilities. Hey, Chet. Yes, you're a comfort doggo right now. Um, so check up on them, you know, ever so often. And if you want to make it meaningful when you're you're trying to help somebody out, please take the time to say, how are you? Not H-R-U. Just, just little advice out there <laughs> it's a lot more meaningful when you actually spell the take the time oh. to spell it correctly than being just yes, yeah, conversation. Like, hey what's up yes please for the love of god please don't be doing what these young folks be doing here now i'm doing a you no literally spell it out how are you not only just because it makes you you know it makes you care about it but just also at least for me because a lot of people can't, and it's a little bit funny to me, not to down anybody, but it also lets me know that you're able to spell correctly, just to just to clarify a few things. So I just need to make sure that you can spell, okay? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. Oh, gosh. Okay. That's such an interesting thing about, like, supporting your friends, especially when you're going through hard times, is, like, just the way that you phrase things or spell things. It can, it can, when you have somebody who's in that vulnerable space, that can even make all the difference over text, you know? I just think that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. So I just walk so I'm like HR you like who the hell are you <laughs> get out of here <laughs> <laughs> sassy about it <laughs> don't speak to me like that but you know sometimes when you know there's something wrong sometimes people will say like you know I'm fine you can go back and like you sure because if you need to talk I'm there and if they say I'm fine then don't insist just step back you know if they need help they'll reach out just be there make yourself available that's the biggest secret if somebody needs support make yourself available because a bit like in has been hotel they say uh when needs come they people always take the path of least resistance so make yourself available make it easy for them to reach out for you that's the best help you can do for people just be there we sort of touched on this earlier um kind of in passing, but um, I think it was you, Revenge, that mentioned, um, you know, visiting the the gravesite of a lost loved one, you know. When you go to see um, a gravesite, 
if you do that on a regular basis. Um, how do you feel in that moment going back there? Do you talk to the people you've lost? Um, do you have any other rituals that you perform? Anything like that? Um, yeah, I'll start off with this one. Uh, yes. So recently, um, with a coworker, um, she does a thing for um, her family members and everything like that. Um, she has an incense that she'll burn at the gravesite and just say a prayer for them. So that, that way they know that they're there, they're in their spirits, and just, you know, to communicate them, communicate with them to make sure, you know, that they're okay on the other side and everything like that. So I did that today for the very first time. Um, she gave me, from her culture, um, she gave me the incense, um, and then she gave me, uh, like a little bit of, like a, like a talisman or like a talisman card to burn while also visiting the gravesite too. And went to the gravesite and I had all the intention to, you know, be, as it was said earlier, you know, to be strong, you know, because my mother, my mother was there too, you know, be strong for her and everything like that. And, you know, just to comfort everything that has, that has happened. Sorry, I'm getting a lot of tongue tied here. Um, so I had a bowl and I put I lit the incense and I put the incense in the bowl and it's a forever incense so it will pretty much just burn all the way through I burned the incense and put it right next to underneath my uh, my dad's name for the tombstone and once I sat down right, right next to it it just like it was a huge huge overflow and like, some people have, like, that intuition where, you know, like, a brush of wind and it feels like someone's holding on to you or touching you or anything like that. And at that moment, when I literally sat down next to his name, there was just the smallest gust of wind. But when it hit me, it felt like he was, like, he was giving me a hug to reassure that he's fine. And it let me know that he is doing okay on the other side. But what really kind of like sent it full force for me was the fact that the wind picked up a little bit and then it hit my mom and she pretty much just lost it because she felt the same energy that I felt. Because my dad is there, he's watching, he's making sure everything is good to go. And he's also letting us know that he's okay on the other side, that he's fine. And it will be something that I will do from here on out. Um, his gravesite is only two hours from me. So it, it, it's a great thing that I have the ability to go to his gravesite. But it definitely was a very strong connection there at his gravesite and i'm very very fortunate that i had the ability to try a new not necessarily like a ritual but a new tradition to start for uh going to see my dad it was good what about you stream so usually what happened like i've started going 
back to my father's grave um, recently. I didn't know where he was. I've kind of forgotten about his birthday, but my mom tries to reconnect us, my sister and I, together. And I think his birthday is coming up. I think it's on the 24th of February. So I'm considering going to see him. But usually when we go, we all go all the family together. I'm going <laughs> to bring Jet along this time for sure. And... You know, we're just going to talk to him, you know, give him a little life update. He probably knows because he's watching over us. But recently I've kind of discovered something really weird about myself. Like there's stuff going on in my family on my father's side that is really hard to explain. But sometimes I sense energy like you were mentioning before. And I've been trying to meditate a little bit to be more aware um, I don't really believe in ghosts and, you know, like magic and stuff, but I do believe that sometimes our instinct speaks to us. You know, that little voice we hear, I think it's some sort of energy that connects us all together. And we use logic so much that we kind of don't listen to that voice, but I've been trying to listen to it more. And I want to try to just meditate after I'm done doing, like giving him an update, saying that I miss him, kind of just meditate and just feel the wind just relax and see what happens you know i'm kind of curious to see if he's really there and like watching over us i hope he's i'm i'm i hope i make him proud i hope he's proud of what we are becoming and you know it's it's that the other thing we do is i have an urn with the picture of thunder i have his dog collar i have his paw print on clay <laughs> and i have a little mm -hmm. top of fur that sometimes i brush against my cheek I'm like oh man i miss him so much and then jet gets involved it's like what are you doing <laughs> so i have a cute picture where jet is sitting in front of, of thunder and you know my two boys right and He's with there every single day, and when sometimes we, we drink, we party. When we take a shot glass on my husband's restaurant, we go high five, and then we tap on, you tap the glass on, the, on a wood surface to honor the dead, and then we drink. That is the one thing that I do every single time. Every time we have a drink and there's a wood surface, I tap for thunder, and then I drink. So, kind of a little thing we do to honor him. What about you, Sakura? Goodness, this is a hard one for me, because when it comes to the matters of life and death, I kind of have, like, my own set of beliefs in that, in regards to... This is going to be very, very controversial to say, and I mean very controversial, but I don't believe in heaven or hell. I, I believe in one soul moving on to another body so for like for every loss that we've had another life begins anew and you know it, it, have you ever met somebody like in your life that you know you feel like you know them like you know you feel very, very familiar with them you, you feel comfortable around them but you can't explain why kind of brings up and, the and for me about earlier exactly and and for me, that was somebody from a long time ago that you've known, that you have had interactions with in, you know, a previous mortal existence. And you have been brought back together again at that time. So for me, that's kind of how I honor, you know, the people of the past is 
by looking at somebody that I've been very familiar with. It's almost like saying, it's good to see you again. I've missed you. Yeah. And so, you know, it is in that, that resurrection, if you will, that, you know, it makes things a lot less harder when you lose somebody. Because one day, it may not be, you know, in this lifetime, but maybe in the next, that you'll be reunited with somebody once again. And that's where I find the solace in that. I kind of share kind of a belief like you. I don't believe that. Evan, yes or no. I, I do believe there's something out there after we pass away, but I don't believe in hell. I think hell is on earth and we're being tested until we elevate our souls to something stronger, more powerful, a better person. Kind of goes with the whole energy thing going on so yeah it's it's weird life and death is really something so unique and so personal to every single individual their perception how they see it how it ends how it starts so it's it's fun to talk about it sometimes i'd love like at some point after the episode i'd love to talk more with you about that i'm kind of curious absolutely (laughs) (laughs) What, what about you kit so, like I mentioned a bit ago, I took his ashes and spread them at the beach because he liked going to the beach. Um, so that was that's really the only kind of ritualistic thing that I've done. Um, but I I went out. I I've got uh, ankle deep in the water, and it was cold. <laughs> I'm sure you won't mind. Sure you won't mind. <laughs> it was cold, but I, I like I had in my mind this nice, peaceful, serene conversation, and it was nothing like that. It was ugly. <laughs> I was just overly emotional, and I, I pulled the lid off of the urn and. I didn't realize that the ashes don't go directly into the urn. They go into a bag, and this bag is like industrial strength, childproof. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I should have brought scissors or something. <laughs> it's not so smooth. Oh, no. He, he would have laughed about that, too. Which we struggled to get this damn bag open, freezing my toes off in the water. He would have thought it was hilarious. Oh <laughs> and the whole time, I'm just... <laughs> he was probably looking down. He was like, hey, good job. <laughs> it's like, right. it, man. <laughs> it's he was. But no, like, I, I had a I had a little conversation with him, and then I, I spread his ashes out. And um, I, so last week, I actually spent the day with my grandma for her birthday. And so we talked about my grandpa. We talked about my husband. Um, and it's a little bit of dark humor, but she thought it was funny, too. I looked at her and like, <laughs> what do you do with an urn now that you're done with it? Like, do you put it up on Facebook Marketplace, like, gently used? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. No, 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 no. <laughs> you see me for yourself when you're going to pass away. <laughs> oh, my God. That was hilarious. Oh my gosh! Yeah, oh, right. 
uh, lightly used in still great condition. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, defined use. It was an industrial bag. <laughs> no. I mean, this it's is true. This is true. <laughs> it's brand new. It's true. My grandma thought it was hilarious. <laughs> uh. Oh my goodness. Oh, and then the other tradition that I have to go do, which is probably going to be right after this, um, I have to go to the store. And my dad's favorite drink of all time, favorite drink, is Blue Moon or Yingling, one of the two, depending on how he's feeling that day. So, got to go to the store and then uh, grab some of that and then toast to him for his birthday. That's another thing I forgot. Go to drink to him. Respectfully and responsibly drink to him. That's yeah. the key thing. <laughs> the That's the key important thing. Things. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is also true. That is also <laughs> true. Right. I'll do it that is later. also true. Yeah, go kid. Go ahead, kid. I know we're over the time limit, but I still want to. I still want to get this question in because I. I think it's important. How have each of us changed and grown this past year since we filmed this episode first time? I gotta say that I'm a lot more composed. I think putting it out out there really helped me because I got a lot less emotional because what you guys don't know is that we had to reshoot this. We had a first take and it went absolutely fantastic. We got everybody cried here. That was like that didn't change. But we had a technical difficulty. There was a bug and we lost the audio so we had to reshoot this. But just redoing that take a second time I got less emotional so I guess I'm recovering. I'm doing better. Still gonna hurt but you know it's just like I mean, going through that, you know, the euthanization. Yeah. Every time I play that movie back in my head, it uh, it, it, it destroys me. So I try not to think about it. So uh, yeah. I meant, I meant from part one last year. Oh, from last year, uh, we yeah. I, I was definitely more emotional than last year. <laughs> definitely was more emotional because <laughs> I I think the reality settled in, and I realized even though having Jet around is good, I'm really happy to have him. They're so different, and you know I miss him, and I see the difference between the two, and it it makes me realize that I was expecting it. they're not the same, obviously, but as Jet is growing, I realize how much different they were, and Jet. The emotions and feelings I have for Jet versus Thunder are completely different. And Jet is never going to be able to match that. And you know, I think that was another reality hit that kind of got me. I think that's why it was more difficult this year doing it again. Ooh. He's uh, by my lap right now. I'm getting him footsies. <laughs> he likes it. Um... From the first time we filmed this, definitely would say, you know, then when we first filmed it, the, it, it was literally fresh because it recently happened and, you know, the mindset was all over the board. Emotions was all over the board. Like, it was very difficult to process right then and there because it re- yeah. just happened. And then now... With the retake, you know, it's 
it's like you said, you know, it's still there. It's still in the back of the mind, but you've grown from it a little bit more. And, you know, you have the ability now to share the story with others because your story may be somewhat similar to whatever the viewers are. You know, their, their story could be somewhat similar. So you being able to speak about it and being able to share it could also help them in the process too. So I think from the first one until now, I think I've gotten more confident in myself and having the ability to speak about it more because back then, oh, I didn't want to say anything about no it way. because literally just mentioning mentioning about it, literally dark mode, don't talk to me, nothing. Like I don't want to deal with society like at all. But now uh, I feel so much better with talking about it and getting it off of my chest so that way it's not so heavy hitting in the back of my mind. Um, I feel as though that my confidence level with this has has improved a lot more compared to filming it on day one. Yeah, I remember last year when we filmed it, you and I were both pretty quiet that episode. Oh my gosh, it was it was bad. Like we, not bad in like a bad way. It was just bad, like because it was still so fresh to us, and it was just like we don't know what to say. We don't know what to do. Yeah, it was still there, and we were just we got invited to be a part of the podcast, but it's like, what are we supposed to say? Like, yeah. what, what are we supposed to do? We're we're sitting here and we're trying to figure out what we're supposed to do, but we don't know what to do. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, but I think is, I think we've grown so it is much, very from it. much. It is very much a journey, and that's that's part of the reason why we we did this revisiting episode because the last year was where we were at that time, but now it's been a whole year, so we've had time to grow. We've gone through the journey now, and so we should talk about the journey. Yeah, exactly. I guess it's really hard for yeah. me to weigh in on this one because I was the one who actually recorded the last one. So getting to hear, you know, yeah. your guys' stories, you know, back then and, you know, getting to see where you guys are now, I mean, it, it's, you know, I, I can see a lot of that difference, you know, for all of you guys. I mean, yeah, it, it's a lot different for me to sit here and go through my stories because this is my first time getting to you know, talk to you guys about the things that, you know, I've gone through in my life, but to answer this one, I'll say it from like, you know, like the outside perspective was, you know, yeah, you know, you guys were quiet because you guys had just had things going on hearing, you know, your story, you know, things were still very, very hard, but watching you guys be able to really open up now and really get to, you know, hear your stories and, you know, feel you know, get to feel them, if you will. Because I feel like this revisit has really allowed you guys to open up a lot more than you guys were able to last year. So I believe Definitely. that this revisit is going to be very good, if not only for our viewers to get to see, you know, where you are now, but to be able to have that impact and really get to feel and maybe even reflect on their own lives, you know, their own losses. I do believe this is going to be good for a lot of people, for them and for yourselves. Absolutely. 
Yeah. I, I know I had to rediscover who I was almost from the ground up because for seven years I was the better half of a couple. And so suddenly I'm, I'm, I'm a widow, I'm a bachelor again. So I had to figure out who single Kit was all over again. Uh, I've found even more independence. I've found strength I didn't know I had. I've found interest in hobbies, uh, other things about myself that I would not have explored if I were still married. Just learned so many new things about myself this past year. It's it has absolutely been a journey. Hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking. I about honestly. Something. Uh, I'm just thinking about this. I forgot to share it, but you know, when I lost Thunder, you know what was the really the hardest part? You know how dogs are always up in your private space all the goddamn time and, you know, privacy that doesn't exist for them? When they're gone and they leave you, you notice. You know, I didn't have my little floof boy saying, hi, welcome back home, dad, you know, anymore. I lost that. I didn't have my little... God damn it, dog taking all over the goddamn bed space anymore. I had room. <laughs> but as annoying as it was, I missed it. And the first week was the the most difficult part is all these things that you take for granted sometimes that annoy you. It actually makes them who they are. And you get to love them for it. So when you go with somebody, what I've noticed over time is that you don't love somebody just for their qualities. You like them for their faults as well, because that's what makes them that what makes them them. And you get to appreciate that, and it reminds it reminds you of them as well. So having lost that ball of energy and that dog taking over the god damn bed, that was a tough one. <laughs> I can laugh it off now, but oh gosh, I wasn't back then. Oh well. Well, I think uh, that sums it up for today. There's a slightly more extended episode, but obviously it's a deep subject. So I hope you guys enjoyed, you know, all things considered. Hope you guys uh, recover nicely and well from whatever you're going through. And, you know, don't be afraid to reach out and ask for help because there's help out there you just gotta reach for it and uh yeah so i wish you guys a flat fantastic day fantastic night fantastic evening take care of yourself and we love you all have a good night bye bye, -bye. bye. Good night. bye. <laughs> all right now i want to give everybody a, i want to give everybody a good damn hug now big group hug because yeah fantastic